0: All right, so Khan, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Hello, everybody. My name is Khan Chung, and I am uh, currently working at Concept Barbershop. And I've been cutting hair for uh, about five years with my license, but I've been cutting before that.
0: Welcome to the Victorious Narratives podcast, where I, Joffrey Victory, chat with people with winning stories. In this episode, we are joined by Khan Chung, owner of Concept Barbershop. Khan was a freelance barber with the goal of starting his own barbershop. And now, he leads Concept as a name recognized all over the Bay Area. So without further ado, here's the episode.
1: Concept Barbershop, did it start? The idea started at um, at barber school, or <clears throat> where did it start? Um, yeah, it started at barber school. I, when I found out that I wanted to uh, focus on barbering, it was probably one of the happiest days of, of my life when I figured out my direction. Because before that, I felt lost. I felt like I was just going to school just because. Um, but when I decided to go into barber school, um, I knew that one day I would want to open up my own shop. Before I was even a licensed barber, I knew one day I would. And so the the idea of Concepts started in barber school.
0: Um, and before that, uh, were you uh, cutting hair here and there, freelance?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, I started my first haircut I ever did was my the summer of me going into my junior year in high school, my friend, uh, just randomly asked me to cut his hair. And it was like a a question just off off the wall, you know, just a random question. And I was surprised why he would even ask me to do that. Mm -hmm. But, um, I did it and, um, it was tough. It was a terrible haircut. I didn't know what I was doing, (laughs) but, um, While I was doing it, I found some type of enjoyment from doing it. So when uh, this first haircut, what
0: was your experience like? Were you just watching YouTube videos or you are just like nothing? (laughs) I wish.
1: I wish there was YouTube videos. (laughs) I wish there was some type of uh, informative videos we could have watched. But this was a long time ago. So this was before YouTube. Uh I feel old saying that, but it was before YouTube. So we looked it up on I think it was Yahoo before uh-huh. Google was even popular we were we searched it up on Yahoo and uh reading it is very complicated it sounds very complicated so I just said you know what Sc- screw it let's just dive in and let's just see w- what happens and uh so I I was trying to figure it out as I was going okay okay know? um
0: so, that was probably uh, the beginnings of, like, you uh, being a barber, right? Yes, I, I think so. So, from that time, what year was that? 2004,
1: probably. Uh, and then from... <clears throat> when did you start going to barber school? Oh, barber school was, like, maybe in 2013. Uh-huh. So, about nine, nine years. years later. Nine years you were... Uh, were you cutting other people's hair? or? Yeah, I was, um, well, I wanted to cut my own hair because the barber that was cutting my hair across the street from where I live was just terrible, you know. Mm-hmm. So that summer after my first haircut ever, my mom asked what I wanted for my birthday and I said, uh, can I get a pair of clippers? Mm-hmm. And I wanted, I wanted a pair of clippers so that I can cut my own hair. And when I gave myself my first haircut, it was terrible, of course. You know, nothing like I imagined it would be in my head. And so, because of that, I I knew that I needed to practice. But, you know, my hair grows... Like, you get a hair... I got a haircut once every month. So, I needed more practice than once every month. Mm -hmm. So, I started cutting all the little kids in my apartment. And I remember the first kid I asked, I said... um, I'll give you a free haircut. Uh-huh. You know, ask your mom and if your mom's okay with it, come back, I'll get, I'll cut your hair for free. But what I the reason why I did that was because I needed to practice, but I couldn't tell him, "Can I practice on your hair?" right? Because he most likely would have probably said no. Uh-huh. Right? So when I said free, it just sounded better, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And but I started cutting all the little kids in my apartments. Ah. And then when I got better at that, I started cutting my friend's hair. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But the purpose of me cutting other people's hair was so that I can cut my own hair. But um, through the process of doing that, I like really enjoyed it. <clears throat> so for a time period, I was a little lost. I was like, man, I know I, I, I want to open up a business, but um, I didn't know in what, what uh, biz- type of business. And, I, and at the time, I knew I, you know, I enjoy cutting hair, but I just, I didn't know to associate the two things, uh, turning your, your passion into your career.
0: Uh, so, a lot of people don't know about barber school and how it works, yeah. right? Everyone knows that college is four years or, um, mm-hmm. or more. Right.
1: Um, can you tell us a little bit about barber school? How was that? Okay, so um, when I finally decided to go into barber school, I looked up, all the local barber colleges and there was just one in San Jose and that was the San that's Jose it. barber college mm-hmm. on Monterey and I went there and I talked to the teacher at the school and um, I asked him how soon I could enroll and he said immediately so that's what I did I enroll immediately and um, the school is pretty much 1500 hours of your clock in time you clock in you rack up those times when you leave you clock out and uh, they require that you do a certain amount of haircuts, a certain amount of shaves, shampoos, and so on, before your 1,500 hours. And during, during that 1,500 hours, you also have to study for the uh, written test, the state board written test. And, uh, and they prep you for the haircut. There's a written and a, a practical. Mm-hmm. And after that, you get your, if you pass, you get your barber license. Okay. yeah. So pretty much it's 1,500 hours on your own time. So uh, concept,
0: the concept of concept. Uh-huh. Uh Did it... Where in the 1,500 hours did it start? Or did, was it like after the test, you walked out with your diploma and just like fist pump and then, oh, I'm going to start a barbershop. Right, when did it happen? Okay,
1: so the idea of the, the concept of concept started probably... Um, a little before halfway of the 1,500 hours, because in barber school, you sit around a lot. You get your practice from cutting walk-ins, and there's not uh, there's not always walk-ins, so there's a lot of downtime that you're sitting around to yourself, and that's why barber school is good, because it will weed out all the ones that are truly passionate and the ones that aren't, mm-hmm. all right? When it's slow time, you easily lose your focus. But during those first uh, few hundred hours was when I knew one day I would open up my barbershop. It's just I had to get my 1,500 hours first, you know. And um, I would imagine what kind of shop I would like to have and uh, how I can help the community within uh, the location of the barbershop. And so, yeah, around the first... Half of the 1500 was when Mm -hmm. the idea came about, but at the time it was just an idea. Yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't have a plan yet. So I had the idea and then I figured out what the plan was. And then once I had the plan, I needed to be motivated to put the plan in place. And once I was motivated, I took action. And then with, of course, with God's blessings and all this stuff, concept was uh, an idea come true. Mm -hmm. So, um, what about the name? Like, how did it start? Like, where did the name come from? Concept? Okay. So, originally, we had many names to choose from, you know. That yeah. Was... Can we go through all the working names? <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was some of the fun parts. Uh, uh-huh. I wanted something simple. You yeah. know, I, I did study a little bit about marketing in uh, college. So, I knew that simple was catchy and uh, easy to remember. So, I had something like Combs. Are, um, uh, the studio and then uh, concept studio was another option mm-hmm. uh, the reason for a studio is because a studio is a place where an artist does his recording his sculpting his painting right a studio uh-huh. um, and I felt like barbers are in a way uh, artists and that's where we perform our uh, art is in a studio too and then concept concept studio was because it was a place where I wanted us as barbers as artists to come up with ideas. I like I mentioned before I believe in San Jose I think San Jose has a lot of talent but we're overlooked you know so I wanted a place where the barbers <clears throat> can create and they can um, like express themselves freely. you know a concept is, is an idea is a way of thought. It could be like a way of life, kind of, you know. And so that's why I came up with Concept Studio, but we decided to drop the studio and just kept Concept. Uh, So the idea is there. Mm -hmm. Um, The idea is already there. Uh,
0: You have your business idea, right? Um, What's next? Like, Did you try finding a location? Was that the first thing that was in your
1: head? Yeah, so the first part of the plan was of course to save up all your money you know i saved up as much money as i could i just rather do uh start a business with my own money than to uh get a loan especially for a barbershop i felt like it was uh achievable to do it on my own instead of getting a business loan and so the first part of the plan was to save up as much of my uh, income as possible and then after that um I did my, along the way of saving my money, I did all my research online, the steps it was required to open up a barber shop. So every morning I would wake up at about 6 a.m. and I would do as many, uh, as much research as I could before I started work at 9. Hmm. Um, but before that, uh, when I was, to backtrack a little bit, when I was going to sc- school at San Jose State, I would wake up around 10 and I would, it would be a struggle to get out of bed. But when I figured out what I wanted to do, it, I woke up before my alarm went off at 6 a.m. Because I was eager and I was passionate to um, to do this. But to answer your question, I I did some research as far as all the required uh, legal stuff I had to do with the city to open up a barbershop. And uh, and then once I got all that information, then I looked for a location. Uh, so, like... <clears throat> Looking for the location. Mm-hmm. How did you start looking for it? Um, at first I, I went I called up some broker and they can help you find a, a available space. But from what I learned was that the brokers don't really give you much attention if you're a small business owner like myself, you know. They'd rather go help the corporate guys, the big businesses so that they can close that million dollar deal and get their profits and stuff. But with us small guys, they won't really spin or give us too much attention. So after I, I realized that, I dropped them and I just started. I went on Google Map, and I looked up all the uh, barbershops that are currently open. And they pop up as little dots all around the city. And I, I studied the little dots and I wanted to open up a spot that was a little bit... In an area that didn't have too many barber shops, and that and I circled those area, and every morning I would wake up early, before all the traffic, and I would drive around and I would just look on my own and find these locations. But uh, by doing that, I had a better feel for the idea uh, for the location, cause I would I would f- know if that had that spot had uh, parking or it, if it was easily accessible. You know, like. You can't see that on Google Maps. You know, all you see are the streets, but you don't when you see it in person from your own perspective, you have a better understanding of the location. Like was was it
0: was there a situation where you were visualizing yourself that I could really do this? I'm walking into this location
1: yes in the beginning in the beginning i made mistakes just like everybody else in the beginning made which is you fall in love with spots oh okay. you 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 uh i visited probably like 10 spots and i fell in love with the first one like oh this is it this is the spot this is what i see oh i could have my mirrors here the chairs here and then you fall in love with it and then you realize it doesn't work out And then you, you know, you kind of have that low feeling and then you have to start over again with another spot. So after I got over a few spots, I learned to not attach myself to any location, uh, thinking emotionally and thinking more logically, you know. So when I found the concept spot, actually, at first, I didn't think too much of it um, because it was old. It was run down a little bit. So the The guy asked me how much would I want for it. I gave him a, a very low number, and I walked away because I really didn't care about it. I was more focused on an area, uh, another area on the Alameda. Mm-hmm. But then he emailed me back and he said we'll take it. And so I was like, oh wait, like wait a minute, let me think about this. Let me, um... and I went back to the spot and I just visualized. I sat. On the bricks outside, and I was looking like, okay, they can make a U turn right here. They can turn back over here. They can park, and then I started thinking about it, and I—that's when I decided that'd be a good location.
0: So picking the location, you had, um, you started thinking logically and emotionally. You're start, you you're starting to split the your emotional side and your business side. Um, Tell me um, how how difficult of a process it it is to uh, make a business decision while also being passionate about business
1: decisions. Uh, So the decision, you know, when you are the business owner, um, every decision is scary. I remember when I finally agreed to, to the lease, he asked me to come in on April 1st to sign the lease. And I'm a little bit superstitious. So I was like April first. That's April Fools. Mm -hmm. I don't want to sign anything on April Fools. You know to start out my first business. So I told him to Can we wait a day? And I came back the next day to sign the lease. But um, every decision you uh, you make as a business owner is falls on your shoulder and it it weighs you. It weighs a lot, you know. And so um, every decision is tough, but you get better with uh, experience. Signing that lease was very scary for me, you know, Um, because I would be responsible for the entire term of of that lease. But, you know, um, you just have to think about it. And if you agree to make that option, that choice, then you you think all you can after that. The only thing you can do is take the action to do it.
0: Were there any other decisions, like other than location, <clears throat> that um, had to do with being a businessman, separating businessman to the passionate man, um, creating their own business?
1: Um, I know one one thing I had to separate myself emotionally and uh, as a business is uh, bringing on friends. Um, that's a very tough decision to make. Um, at first, they wanted to be partners with me. Um, and I was okay with that and I was willing to, but I'm so glad I didn't because, uh, you know, fortunately, um, my friend couldn't do it which which worked in my favor and, but they were still willing to work with me at the barbershop. So I agree that they can still, uh, work with me. Um, but that turned out to be, uh, a bad decision because having working with your friends is hard to separate yourself as the business owner and a friend of theirs because a lot of times I've noticed the friends uh, they don't treat you as they should when they treat other owners or other uh, like managers and stuff at other jobs they think because you're a friend that you take it easy on them, which is not true because at the end of the day, you still have to run your business. And so it was difficult for me to transition from friend to business owner, uh, telling them how I like things done and almost like telling them what to do. Uh, that was tough. That was a very tough part. But with time, um, I've learned to separate myself emotionally from those type of decisions.
0: Tell us a little about uh, how this concept barbershop works. Like if, I'm a, if I'm a barber uh, and I want to apply to your uh, shop.
1: Okay. Um, so I used to work at a, a shop near the downtown area and how that shop was ran was very like a corporate, you know, like he wanted you in there from a certain time to a certain time and he wanted you to cut as fast and as many people as possible. His intention was to grow his business, but by him doing that to us as the barbers, we really didn't enjoy it because it's difficult to be uh, to create and to enjoy what you're doing under pressure with a time limit. So from that experience, I didn't want to take that to concept. I wanted to give the barbers their freedom to come and go as they feel and to cut as Uh, at a time limit that they feel is comfortable and uh, so I give them the freedom so that they can freely express themselves so a barber will come to concept and he can make he or she can create their schedule and work as many days as they like or as few days as they like. And we're open from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. But they can come in as early as like 6 a.m. if they want it or stay as late as midnight if they want.
0: And then they bring their equipment. Yeah, they
1: bring their own equipment. I just provide the station, hmm. you know. And so what I offer barbers is their freedom to be barbers.
0: And... Um How do you take a cut, or okay?
1: Okay, so in the hair business, there's I from there's a few uh ways to go about that. You can do commission where the owner will get a cut, a percentage out of every single haircut, or you can do a flat booth rent, and that's what I do. Uh, I charge a flat weekly booth rent. Um, No matter how many haircuts they cut, the booth rent stays the same. With commission, the more you cut. The more the owner makes, so in when it's under that format, the the owners tend to want you to cut as many as possible, you know. So, but under my system or the booth rent system, it's a flat rate. You
0: you get what you give, basically. Yeah.
1: You know, um, yeah. You can cut as few people as you want, or as many people as you want. The rent will be the same.
0: How much is the rent? Like let's say I wanna cut for two hours and
1: Okay, so it's usually um a weekly base, you okay. know, so it's due at the end of the week. You can cut for two hours if you want for a whole week and rent will still be the same. Hmm. Or you can cut forty hours, rent will still be the same. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh talking about other owners though, are you like a competitive type? Like do you ever compete with other owners or is it how does the barber shop mm-hmm. Uh, brotherhood ownership okay
1: so um naturally i'm a very i'm pretty competitive you know um in san jose at the moment uh it's enough people to go around and as barbers we hit a ceiling at about 200 clients and then those clients repeat itself so out of a million population in san jose all, each barber just needs about 200 clients and they'll be good. So at the moment, there's no real competition. Everybody is eating. Everybody has their business. So there's no real competition. But naturally, I'm competitive. So sometimes I, I see it as a competition and how I can uh, perform better than the next shop. But realistically, we're all doing just fine. Actually, I am pretty good friends with a lot of shop owners in San Jose, you know, I do reach out to a lot of them and I do try to um, build good relationship with them because I do see benefits with um, having those good uh, conversations with them and keeping in touch with them, you know, but it's nothing wrong with a little bit of like a friendly competition now and then, you know.
0: As Concept grew, Khan tapped into his creative side and made a few videos of him shaving his friend's head, thinking that it would be some video for fun. Of just him shaving his friend, Rex, and have the audience listen to the sounds of shaving. Little did he know, this will take Concept to another level. You can still find those videos on his YouTube channel, Concept Barbershop, so go ahead and watch it. Here's him talking about the videos. So tell us about the idea of the ASMR video. Um, How did it come about?
1: Okay, so uh, the first video was, I didn't consider that the ASMR video. The second video I did, but what happened in the first video was that I just wanted to shave my friend Rex's hair with a straight razor. And I asked him if he could, you know, stay quiet and so that the microphone can pick up all the sounds of the razor uh, cutting the hair. But uh, he found it so silly that um, every little thing I did, he, uh, it caused him to laugh. And it just went viral. Like, Well, I remember editing the video. I was a little disappointed that he couldn't stay quiet because it kind of messed up what I wanted to do uh-huh. at first.
0: So it was, the game plan was, it was a serious, serious ASMR video.
1: No, well, the first one, I wouldn't technically say that I was intending to make an ASMR video. Okay. I just wanted to make a video where you can hear the sound of the razor shaving a person's head. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, while I was editing the video, I... uh, I had a dilemma with whether or not I wanted to keep the beginning parts where he was laughing at everything or delete it and go straight into the head shave. And for some reason, I decided to keep that part. And luckily, uh, that was my uh, good decision because that was the part that a lot of the viewers found uh, entertaining.
0: So how many views uh, the last time you checked?
1: I believe it was uh, 3.5. 2 million views wow wow and And, yeah that was crazy we were both surprised (laughs) like we had most of my videos before that average about at most 20,000 views Mm -hmm. at most and so to go from that to 3.2 million was unexpected we had no idea why but then because because it went so crazy i had to sit down the reason why I started these videos, by the way, was because I wanted to uh, have a second source of income. And I just keep hearing about all these YouTubers with all these uh, crazy amounts of paychecks and stuff like that. And I just wanted to give it a try. And so I, when it hit $3.2 million, I went to the statistics and I tried to figure out why it went so crazy. And so I came up with a a theory and then in the second video was when, was where I applied those theories to test it out to see if it worked. And uh, the second video got, I believe, 4.4 million views at the moment.
0: So the reason you had a second video coming, was it because of the views that you were getting? There was a good reception, so should I create a second video?
1: Yes, exactly. So I asked myself why did the first video go so crazy and I wanted to understand what caused because if you don't understand why something happened you it was just luck you know and um, if you can understand why something happened then you can do it again so I try to figure out why that happened and I came up with a theory for it as to why that happened and I tested it again in the second video with those theories in mind. And, uh, I built the video around that theory and it got 4.4. And so I'm, but I still feel like I have to do it again to prove that it worked Uh Uh because it's still at the moment, two videos, it's still considered a coincidence. You know, you have to do the third time to prove that you have a, uh, a good enough theory that works.
0: How much? How much was the spike of your subscribers for like the um, before the first video and then now to now? Okay, because so of those two videos.
1: Before the first video, I believe I was at three thousand subscribers. Um, yeah, I believe I was at three thousand, and then the the first video got me up to twelve thousand subscribers. Mm-hmm. So what is that eight? Eight, and nine nine thousand subscribers and then uh, from 12,000 I'm now at 42,000 subscribers wow. Wow. with the second video so
0: do people do clients come in and say I found you out I uh, found out about concept through the YouTube video
1: yeah so that was uh, the most surprising part for me was that actually yes, Uh, A good handful of people did come to the shop and mentioned to me that uh, they saw my video on YouTube. Um, New clients and current clients told me that. And that was surprising to me because I thought that YouTube was so big and and so vast that um, I didn't know that it can focus on within my city, you know, that I work in. So I was surprised that the local people were seeing my videos because of how big and vast YouTube was. Yeah, so I was extremely surprised when there were people coming in and booking appointments with us and they told me that they booked because they found me on YouTube. And actually that's where I'm at right now is thinking about how I can use YouTube to promote the shop even more. Because now I I have an idea of its reach and its capability, you know. I could use those 42,000 subscribers to my uh, advantage.
0: When I approached Khan about the podcast, he was ecstatic about the opportunity. It's because he wanted to give advice to aspiring barbers out there. And that's why I really approached Khan because I know he wanted to share his success and inspire the people that want to be like him. Here's him talking about it.
1: One thing I would like to uh, advise the, the young people that are considering barbering, um, <clears throat> uh, let me see, to give them some advice, um, just like with anything else, it's uh, you gotta put in your hours you know, you got to put in your work. Um, you got to pay attention to the detail. You have to understand in depth of what you're doing. You know, you. I know that there's a lot of videos, uh, tutorial videos on the Internet, and there's a lot of personalities on uh, YouTube or um, Instagram and stuff that makes the barbering industry like very flamboyant and stuff like this. Um, But to be great or to be good at something, just like with anything else, you got to pay attention to the detail and uh, understand what you're doing and not just do it like aimlessly. Just like with anything else. You know, you just, you got to pay attention to the detail and you got to put in your hours until you reach that, like that mastery level for any art, you know. And um, when you see a barber that cuts hair really well and you don't see all the years and the hours that they put in to get to this point so it's naturally for us to be eager and to want to be on that level right away but I guess my advice with that is just be patient and just learn to walk first you know Uh, and pay attention to the details. I do I do work with a lot of younger barbers You know and um in the beginning i i wanted to uh teach everybody everything i knew with good intention i wanted to um share with them uh tricks and techniques and understanding of the industry i wanted to share with them like i wanted to but i learned that uh some of them like trying to force it on them but without them asking me Yeah. yeah you know be Me being out of my place, you know, I feel. <clears throat> and um, But I learned that some of them are hard-headed, some of them. They feel like they already know. And I think that would be a mistake to, to feel like, you know, you've been in the industry for a couple years. And you feel you already know. You're making a mistake of not, you know, I've been in the industry a little longer. I can share a little bit more experience you know, it would be wise or smart to just listen, just Mm -hmm. consider it, you know, and, uh, but now I just kind of, I just keep it to myself, and if there's a young kid that is eager to learn, I'm willing to share all of that.
0: With your structure, though, I feel like it could be, it's easier for them to learn on the fly and with themselves, and then they'll approach you if they need be, right, how does the structure of concept? Uh, is what i'm talking about it'll be easier for them to be like i'm having trouble here i'm gonna approach con or if not they'll learn it by themselves because they're technically independent they're just using your chair your space
1: exactly okay. yeah so um yeah man i'm there at my chair and at anytime anybody needs my opinion on something i am gladly to share it. you know because so it's weird that on my journey to opening up the shop, so many people reach out to me. It's weird, man. It's weird that... Uh, it's kind of like a book I recently read called Alchemist. And they said, when you follow your dreams, all of the energy of the universe will conspire to help you achieve your goals. When I read that line in that book, I was like, that's so true. Like, it was... When I finally decided to follow my my dream and opened up my shop, so many people reached out and said, hey, if you need help, let me know. Or things would just fall into place. Like, I didn't have money to to do the floors. And randomly, the the landlord said, you know what? Um, I take care of the floor for you. I forgot to do that. I'll do it. And it worked out. Like, many things just fell into place. That was pretty cool. So what's next
0: for concept?
1: So at the moment, we're at the uh, halfway point of our lease. And um, I want to make sure that I... So I emailed my landlord and I asked him if he was interested in um, extending our lease. Because right? everything's going well and I wanted to come up with a, a deal that was win-win for the both of us. <clears throat> because from what I've heard, the location that I'm at now is expanding around me. So there, there will be new houses, new homes, and new businesses being built. And so knowing that, I think the location that I'm at is is going to be really hot, really good. And uh, especially because right now I'm at the halfway point of my lease, I don't want to wait till the end of my lease to negotiate for an extension because if I do that, then I'm, I'm in between a tough place because now the owner has leverage over me. You know, it's the end of the lease. He's like, well, I want to raise the rent on you. Either you take it or you don't, but because I'm in the halfway point and I email him first and I say, Hey, I'm thinking about my future and I'm thinking about expanding And at the moment, everything's going well over here. I would like to see if you're interested in extending our lease to another three to five years. And I want it to be fair where it's a win-win for me and for you. I don't want to cheat you, and I don't want to be in a tough situation myself, so would you like? So by asking him now, whether he answers me or not, I get the, the answer that I'm looking for. Because if he says no then I can start preparing for my future and start looking for a new location. And if he ignores me, uh, I still get my answer because now I know where his his mindset is. So I have to prepare for the future. So um, what I'm looking for is to open up another location. If he says no, if I open up another location now, by the time the lease ends, I will be a few years in my new spots and if he closes it over here, I could transition out of that old spot and continue running smoothly over here because I have already had it for a few years at the new location. But if I were to wait till till the end of the lease and he says no, and now I have to find a new spot and I'm pretty much starting from scratch again at the bottom, you know, that's a tougher situation than to transition out of something into something that's been a few years running. So, in
0: case he does say yes, that means you have two shops running. Yeah, which has. is
1: great. If he says yes, then I have a shop that has been running for a while and another newer shop that's been running for a few years. And, and now, now the old one is extended for a little longer, mm-hmm. which is which means I have two locations, which is great.
0: And you've calculated that it's going to make you more money. if they, yeah. No matter what, it's, it's going to be good for you. It's going to come out as positive.
1: Uh, well, hopefully... You know,
0: not comparing two shops to one shop, but like, uh, being able to, uh, move to another place, right. Rather than, um, waiting till the lease ends.
1: Yes. It's no matter what,
0: it's going to come out positive.
1: Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So my goal for the future, um, is to open up a new location, um, you know, preferably with the same concept as the first shop. Um, based located in um, an area with a comfortable community near uh, supermarkets and malls and freeways and stuff like that. So hopefully I can find a spot just as good as the one currently. Mm-hmm. And I would like to expand, you know, because my parents are getting old you know, and I I don't want to see my mom work until she's 60, you know, so I feel like right now while we're still young enough to uh, have the energy to do stuff like this, that I should take advantage of that. I want to, um, right now if I was by myself and I was single, the income I'm making with the shop, I would be comfortable, I'd be great living out here, you know, in San Jose, But because I have parents that are getting no younger, getting older, um, I have to take on that responsibility and make more income to cover for them retiring. I don't want to see my mom work for too much longer. So because of that, I have to work hard so she don't have to. So I have to open up another location. And then after that, I would like to make other future goals, you know. But yeah, as far as concept, uh, as far as another shop, um, I'm not sure if I will be keeping the name concept
0: mm.
1: or starting something completely separate. See, the thing with the, the hair industry business, um, it's not exactly the same as corporate. It's It's been very difficult for many shop owners to try to franchise their business mm. You know, if if it was possible to franchise our business and keep the quality of our service the same, it would have been done a long time ago. But it's something about this industry that I haven't quite figured out um, how to franchise it. Like, there's franchise shops like Supercuts and Clips and all this, but you know the reputation that they have, which is bad haircuts, Right. Now, how do you franchise something and keep the quality? That's what I'm trying to figure out. So that's the reason why I'm undecisive between whether or not to keep the name concept at the new location or starting something separate from, from that. Like if, I, if, if concept one was a big, uh, like a very successful, well-known uh, shop, then it might be a good idea to continue that name. Just so people can associate, oh, look, there's a, another concept is closer to me, and I know the reputation that it has, so I, I can go there. But You're
0: that, trying to find <clears throat> a way where you still keep the reputation of your uh, first shop right now, um, giving good haircuts yeah. for a fair price, um, yeah. and trying to open up shops as well at the same time, which has never been done before, because every time someone franchises, they lose the reputation
1: yes especially in this industry in the barber industry and I'm sure if I sit around and brainstorm enough maybe I can come up with something but at the moment from as, from talking with other shop owners it's challenging to have a barbershop franchise and keep the quality because barbers like their freedom they like to come and go as they want um, when you franchise something you kind of now you put the corporate shackles yeah exactly so they would have to come in at nine clock out at five and as barbers we don't like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and if you run it under that system you will find people that aren't really doing it for the passion so those are the people that work at supercuts and stuff <laughs> you know and that's why you you get 15 minute haircuts and stuff like that So we're trying to figure out how to franchise something and keep the quality in this industry.
0: All right, Con, tell the people where they can find you.
1: Okay, you guys, so I'm at Concept Barbershop, and that's on 2314 Stevens Creek in San Jose, California. You can look us up on Yelp at Concept Barbershop, and you can see all of our pictures and all the great reviews that we have from our clients. Um, You can check out our YouTube channel at Concept Barbershop. And then if you'd like to see my, my, uh, haircuts and my work on Instagram, you can also check me out at contour underscore K A N N, right? Go there and check out my work.
0: I would like to thank everyone who listened to this episode. I'm still trying to figure things out, but for sure, I know this isn't going to be my last one. Huge thanks to Khan Chung. Khan and I have been friends for 15 years now, and I was one of the kids that he was talking about before. So it's great to see how far he's gone. Please feel free to rate and share the episode. I'm Joffrey Victory, and you've been listening to Victorious Narratives.